Welcome and thank you for joining us. At Worship Harvest, we believe that we are a movement of the gospel, discipleship and mission. And we are committed to catalyzing spiritual, social and economic renewal in our immediate communities and as a result, the world. Here is this week's teaching. I want to start today's message with a, a little, not a little bit, with a lot of thanksgiving, Amen thanking God for the things he has done. Since this is the last garage, he says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and come to his courts with praise. Amen. Thank you so much, Dr. Tusu, for affirming us always and for yeah, telling these people. Now they can no longer joke, joke around with me. <laughs> yeah, I'm your little brother. That counts for something. So he was talking about Mr. Bamzibide who he wrote to who he could go to when he was in my primary and that was my dad so it's, it's it's amazing what god does because who knew that many years later would be serving with angela and emmanuel and all the other people so thank you so much we are very very honored to have you in the audience today i called him a futurist because that's who he is he seems to know what's going to happen before everyone else uh, in terms, not like prophetically that too, but assessing things and seeing the future so the, even his company I think has that word in it but uh, let me give thanks for a couple of things so as at the end of November 2019 4,078 people called Worship Harvest their home church. As at the end of November 2019. Yeah. As at the end of November 2020, thank you so much, uh, Vera and Tim, for this. 5,451 people called Worship Harvest their home church. Amen. Meaning we have been growing. We've been growing. Thank you, Jesus. So God has grown us in spite of this year where we couldn't meet together, but he has given us different ways in which we could minister to one another. Now, that first number is important, but not as important as the numbers that are to follow because they talk about the health of the church because as at the end of November 2019, of these 4,078 people who called Worship Harvest their home, only 1,924 were being discipled. Only 1,924 were in our discipleship system, were members of missional communities. Am I making sense? That's last year. That's less than half of the people. Less than 50% of the people were part of missional communities. I, be, I belong to a missional community. It's called Beyond Self Missional Community from Kitukutwe, a.k.a. Kitty Town. So I send you regards. And my MC leader is none other than Elder Noah Balesanvu and Rachel Balesanvu. And uh, my Zono pastor is Bishop Stewart and Liz Sebombo. So, Go find a missional community and belong to it. So, only 1,924. As at the end of November 2020, 4,173 people belonged to, a, to the discipleship in this church. In other words, we are now attached. There are not people we don't know where they live or what their lives are about. Amen. In worship harvest, you, uh, you can be a, a member of a huddle where you have a huddle leader and then several huddles put together form a missional community. And then several missional communities put together form what we call a cohort. So we have many cohort leaders out there. Missional communities, I'm going to talk about that briefly. And then several cohorts form a location. 
In some cases, locations like Washipavis Nalia, several cohorts form a zone, and then the several zones form the location because of the size of the number of people. So, 4,173 people are being discipled out of 5,400. That's amazing. That's, that's close to 80% from less than 50% last year. As the average garage attendance for November 20, 20, 2019, yeah, as at the end of November 2019, our average garage attendance by that time every Sunday was 2,463 people. You see that? Now, that's 2,463 people were attending garage out of the 4,078 who belong to this church family. As at the end of November, our garage attendance was 4,586 people per Sunday. That's out of 5,400. These are indicators of health that people are starting to understand the vision and that it's not okay to just be a member of the church by name but you get involved. You get involved in garage, you get involved in missional communities, you get involved in evangelism, in our missional frontiers, serving communities. Um, missional community attendance as of November 2019, average attendance in MCs was 854. 854. That's out of the 1,924 people in the discipleship stream. Only 854 attending. As of November 2020, that number had gone to 2,687. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Woohoo. This is Thanksgiving. I'm giving thanks for what God has done here at Worship Harvest. In case you're watching us or listening to us, I'm, I'm just here to glorify Jesus for what he has done through his people here at Worship Harvest. We had 134 missional communities as at the end of November 2019. As of the end of November 2020, we had 257 missional communities. That's more than a hundred missional communities were added in the year of lockdown. Come on, people. Yeah. We had 14 locations by the end of the year, 2019. As I talk now, there are 18 fully-fledged locations. We planted four locations in lockdown. I want to send out shout-outs to Worship Harvest in Bali. Yay! With Pastor Duncan. Uh, Worship Harvest Kawempe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pastor Jose and Jalia, they are also adding to their location naturally. They had the sun yesterday. Uh, Worship Harvest Arua. Yes. Pastor Dennis Okumo and Eve. Thank you so much. And then Worship Harvest Nairobi, our first international plant. Alive and active. Thank you. I know you are watching us. Pastor Aggie, Sam, and all the other leaders of missional communities across Nairobi. Thank you so much. We bless God for you. So, four new locations. And guess what? In the first quarter of 2021, to be more specific, in January, we are adding three locations. They are locked and loaded, ready to go. Worship Harvest Kamuli, I was there yesterday. I met the people. They are excited. Pastor Desire, thank you so much. Worship Harvest Garuga, ready to go. Yes, just be and persist. I really thank you, Cherish Uganda, for giving us a, fa a facility, a venue. And, uh, yeah, it's coming back to me. Worship Harvest Nansana coming, John. Yeah, Nansana. Rona Bareba will be leading that one. And then we are going to be unloading probably about three locations every quarter. If we do really badly in 2021, eight locations. If we do really badly. Because we are gunning for 1,000 by 2040. So we, we have to like really activate the speed. So thank you so much. Lastly, uh, in this particular highlight... 
the whole of 20, 2019, through our ministry, 521 people gave their lives to Jesus. The whole of 2019. Amen. As of November 2020, 2,648 people. These are the ones who we know about, who are recorded. Some people are just, they are leading people to Jesus and we don't even know. But these are the ones we know about who are recorded. So, thank you, Lord. I want you to join me uh, from home and here in studio and let's just appreciate the Lord for what he has done. Yes. It's right and proper to stand up and appreciate our Lord Jesus for his goodness, for his grace. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So, Father, we thank you for what you're doing in this church and in the other churches, not just this one. Thank you for the people that you're healing, people you're giving purpose, people that you're saving from their sins, people, families you're reuniting, couples you're bringing closer together. Thank you, Father, for the children that are being raised in environments where there are values that they can learn from and follow. We bless you. None of this would be possible without your favor, your grace, your wisdom upon us. So we bless you. In Jesus' name, Amen. Yeah. He has done great things. If you know the song, you can let me sing it out. He has done great things. He has done great things. Bless his holy name. Amen. Today I want us to, this today is the last message, so I've been almost confused the whole week trying to figure out which, where to preach from as we finish our series, Finishing Strong. And I faced many temptations and I decided to go for the one I had thought about before the confusion came. Yes. I want us to read together Psalm 92, verses 12 to 14. Amen. Together. The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing. Amen. What a promise. What a verse. What a text. What a scripture. He says the righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. Wow. I remember as long as I can remember I have been going to church. Yeah, all my life. Like, I don't remember any part of my life where there was no church. Yeah. I've been going to church from when I could understand that I think what's happening here is something that might be called church. Now, let me tell you, I didn't go to Nazareth school. Yeah. yeah I didn't go to Nazareth school. I, if I did it, I don't remember. I remember that my first class was P1. But I remember that I was going to church before P1. Amen. There's something about belonging to a body of believers. People who can stand with you. Who can celebrate with you when it's time to celebrate. Who can mourn with you when mourning comes. I like to tell people, share your celebrations. Share your celebrations. When you're drawing your 2021 calendar, celebrations are a must. Put them on the schedule. Budget for them. Because the times of mourning come without warning. 
I think that rhymes. And you, there is no need to schedule for those. They will just come. And when they come, even the budget comes. Yeah. Yeah. You get into some problem, people raise money. It's time to mourn. But celebrations, you think people are going to raise money for your birthday? Forget it. Plan. <laughs> Plan schedule. Yeah, we had a serious party here on Friday celebrating their close 10th anniversary. You know this place could have such party, like service, then cocktail, then like mini reception out there. Banaki, hey, you people. Huh? Then a concert. Viera, I'm going to send you a picture. You know, Viera. Viera is my partner in crime. Do I have the picture? These things of preaching when you haven't considered all factors. I'm one of those preachers. As I'm preaching, ideas start coming. And then I start implementing. Uh, Vera, who else do I send this picture to? Who is online? Who's there? Annie? Okay. Let me send it to a wider audience group. Yeah. Just those online and what? Just put up that picture. And the, and the one here. Just to show you how cool this place can look when people get creative. This is the parking lot, by the way. But we had party. Like, what? Service? Hey. Then we, we had a cocktail. I thought we were done. It was just the beginning. Then we went outside. Then I thought we were now done. Now those are three events. Then we came in for the concert. Oh my goodness. I haven't yet recovered. The, the, the guys, yeah. By the way, all those people had better have data that I'm sending my picture to. <laughs> we are waiting for the picture. Kumbe, eh? Yeah. Can you believe? That's the upper parking lot of Wasipa Vesnalia available for receptions now going forward there are people even in the studio audience who have receptions coming up yeah 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 come on people yeah yeah like why leave this and go to some place where there is no grass what and they call it a field anyway schedule your celebrations so, but I was talking about the fact that when you belong to a body of believers, one of our friends, this, it's, been a, it's been a great year, but it's also been a difficult year. Yeah. One of our friends lost her mother just last week. She's one of our mission or community leaders here at Worship of Esnalia. And while she was at the hospital in grief, not knowing what to do the Zono members showed up the Zono pastor cohort leaders MC, they what? they showed up and dealt with everything because she comes from a, a family that, that, that are Muslims Everything was so fast. So, by the time some people got to know about it, the funeral had happened. But still, one of the court leaders and the small team went. They went there for that burial. That's what I'm talking about. And the, the whole family is like, who are these people? Who are these people? That's the talk of the family now. Who are these people? And I can tell you, worship harvest you've done well in loving. Our very first value in this church is love. Our values are legit, love, excellence, generosity, involvement, and transparency. You've done well with that first value. Oh my goodness. They are asking who are these people? Amen. So, as long as I remember, I've been going to church. So, I don't know 
life outside of church. Even when I went to boarding school, we still went to church, chapel. In Mary Primary, we sang the same songs every Sunday. Yeah. I remember one particular one because the, I don't know. Boarding school can do things to you sometimes. Yeah, especially at the time we went to boarding school. So there is a song we sang. I've never seen its lyrics anywhere, but I know it by heart. Yeah, there is a field with sorrow and care. <laughs> hey, you remember that? Huh? Okay. Burdens were lifted at cover. We would sing it with all our hearts because you're hungry, you don't know what. Ha, Calvary, Calvary, burdens were Jesus is very near. Yeah, man. We made it out. Now we are here. <coughs> yeah. Fasting is a major decision. <laughs> then it wasn't. You just was around and you were fasting. But anyway, the righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. Really, what I wanted us to talk about today is being planted in the house. Being planted in the house. So as long as I remember, I've been in church. So I don't know how to be not church. Yeah, that's my life. All my friends are in church. Everything, every meaningful thing for me, it's church. And I wouldn't describe my life as one that hasn't worked out yet. But take me back to that part. I was when I was studying this this morning. I was thinking about the whole idea of a palm tree. So first of all, it says that righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. So sometimes when you're teaching in church, you have to deal with certain preconceptions. Who are the righteous? Yeah, who are the righteous? The righteous are not necessarily those who do everything right because then there is none righteous. Yeah, but the Bible says, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and then what does he say? Being justified freely. Freely. Being justified freely. That's Romans either 3.23 or 6.23. One of the two. All have sinned and fall short of... So if, if you want to be among these so, so people who are called the righteous, first forget the whole idea of getting everything right. Dotting all their eyes crossing all that is and, and, and using the right cutlery. No, it shall not happen. Romans 3.23 and 24. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And then it says being justified freely. Ah, that's the core. That's the basis of the, the faith in Christ. So what does it say? All have sinned. Now, for avoidance of doubt, you are among the all. Yeah, you know, some people, they can be there like, yeah, yeah, look at all these sinners. And <laughs> exclude, uh, you are among the all, I am among the all. All of us have botched it. We fall, we fall short of the glory of God, of the expectation of God's image in us. Every day you wake up, you're ready to fall short of God's image in you. The way you talk to your spouse, the way you talk to the border guy, the way you talk to your house help, and even sometimes the way you negotiate, you're just, yeah, you should ask yourself, would Jesus negotiate up to this point where the other person doesn't make any profit? Yeah. Yeah, I know negotiation is good, but sometimes you, you're driving the person out of business with your negotiation skills. It's just falling short of the glory of God in us. The image of God in us. The opposite of glory is shame. Yeah. That, that thing. We, we all carry shame points in our lives. That's why it says fall short of the glory of God. Because the whole idea of falling short of the glory of God, we usually think about it in terms of what people think about us. What people think about you is reputation. 
That's simply reputation. Who you really are is character. And many people struggle because they confuse reputation with character. All of us as human beings, we are more tempted to work on our reputation than our character because we care so much what people think about us more than who we really are. And the example I like to give is when you are home alone and you want to eat something. Do you get the food out of the pan? Put it on the plate? Warm it in the microwave? Put a table mat on the table? Huh? Why are you looking at me like that? Uh, uh, sit down, or, or do you just just go for the pan, just pan, you know? Yeah, some of you, the way you keep your food at home in those plastic things, yeah. Ah, yeah. If someone just chased upon you, they would find you wrestling with that bakuli, so to say. Why? Why? Because it's like there's no one around, so I could. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Wrestling with that dish. All that it's 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 uh, all of that has to do with glory. Oh, yeah? All of that has to be with to do with glory. All of that has to do with glory. Why? Because when it comes to glory, it has nothing to do with reputation. It has everything to do with you because the opposite of glory is shame. There are so many verses that prove that, and it's not my main point, so I'm not going to go there, because I want to recover quickly. But there are the things you know about yourself that you don't like about yourself. Yeah. Sometimes other people don't even know. And, and you know the thing, and it bothers you. It bothers you. It bothers you. Every single human being I've met has some weight they are carrying. Something that bothers them about themselves. But there is good news. Because as it says, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All have sinned and walk in some kind of shame or other. That's the other way to read that verse. That's Moses' interpretation. All have sinned, and as a result of sin in the world, everyone walks in some kind of shame or other. Maybe for you, it's the way the, the, the weighing scale reacts when you step on it. Yeah. You step on it like this, and it goes from zero to a hundred in less than four seconds. Some guy told his wife, uh, uh, what do you want for your birthday? And she said something that goes from zero to hundred in less than four seconds. Yeah. She was implying like some sort of sports car. When she woke up on her birthday and said, your gift is in the garage, she went and found a weighing scale. So I don't know! It's a bad joke, eh? I stop. No. Look, I, I, I'm talking about things we struggle with as human beings. The way we weigh our, the way we perceive ourselves. When you look in the mirror, all the things that don't seem to be in symmetry. Yeah. You're thinking if, if, if this side reflected against this side, it should be exactly the same. But no, some things are heavier on one side than other. Oh, oh I don't know. Some sort of shame. It may be personal, like, but it could be history. Something that happened sometime that you walk around with and you're like, this one no one will ever find out. But there's one problem. Someone found out. And that's you. And you are the one who walks around with it every day. Am I making sense? Or it could be 
what something you know maybe you are not good at mathematics the conversation is going well until people show, bring up numbers and they're like oh god they've they've come to discover me i don't know baby why are you tap tapping your husband is that what's going on there it could, by the way it could be serious things like what i started with it could be very by the way not like serious things but life is all about perception not reality yeah life is all about perception not reality you can have two people having the exact same reality and one is in a deep depression because of the way they perceive it and one is having a continual feast like the bible says the bible says he who is of a merry heart has a continual feast but the same scenario am i making sense all have sinned and and what and experience at a personal level some kind of shame or other when i was growing up i don't know what happened but for some reason i didn't like my nose now, who cares about my nose now you see some of you have never even noticed but now that i've talked about it some of you are getting into nose examination and so this whole thing of masks has been a blessing to some. Yeah. Like, can you believe it? Like, look, who cares about especially like when, when you're a boy, all you need to do is have money. Who cares? Yeah. You could be round for all I care. If you have cash, it life works out. But you know who used worried, worried. One time, <laughs> some person who thought they were being helpful and spiritual started asking me why I haven't prayed to God to heal my eyes so that I don't use specs. And I'm like, first of all, what? Some, what, what, how do you know I haven't prayed to God about it? Because one time I even put through them away for about four days. Then I realized this is not going to happen. I was starting to run into things. For why? Then the Holy Spirit brought to my mind all the great men of God who use specs including the late Reinhard Bonnke, a guy in whose crusades dead people come, like real people bring ambulances with dead bodies and they would get up. And he had respect. Because the gift of God in us is not for us. It's for others. Wow. So someone can think they are being helpful and spiritual and they say something that causes the shame to start what? Rising. You start seeing yourself as less of a man of God than God sees you. Wow. Which one is yours? Maybe there is some sickness there. Eh? You've prayed, you've fasted, you've shared with your pastor, you've done communion, you've done salt covenant, I don't know whatever else people do. And then you get up and still there. And then the devil comes and says, look at you and you think you are anointed. You can't even chuck that thing. Hey! Paul! Huh? Yeah, see, he had the thorn in the flesh. It wasn't sickness, but it was a thorn. Persecution. There is nothing Paul could do to shake persecution. He was persecuted from the day he got saved to the day he died. He died of persecution. All the anointing in his life couldn't shake persecution. But there's good news. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Uh -huh. But what does he say? Being, next verse, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is Christ Jesus. My goodness, this verse is so heavy. I don't even know how I ended up here because I wasn't supposed to. But I'm talking about the righteous shall flourish. 
So I'm bringing up some righteousness. This thing of being just fried freely, first of all, is very interesting. Because the, the other one says, all have sinned and fall short. That's, that's present simple. You fall short. You don't have to work at it. It's what it is. It's what it is. You carry some shame or other. But then he has the good news here. He says, being justified. That's present continuous. Being what? The, The shame is bringing you down. The justification is what? Lifting you up. Yeah. Oh, let me actually rephrase that so it's theologically correct. The sin is bringing you down, but the justification is what? Lifting you up. The shame is bringing you down, but the glory is poured upon you. That's what it says. It doesn't say they have been justified. No. You see, English is important. That's why English was mandatory up to senior four. Yeah. Otherwise, you don't interpret the Bible correctly. Tenses. It doesn't matter which part of the country you come from. You have to get the tenses right. So, being justified is not a thing that has happened. It's not a thing that happens once in a while. It is a continuous state of being. Yeah. Right now, seated there at home in your sitting room in the kitchen or wherever you are listening to us from if you are in Christ Jesus even with all the shame that the enemy tries to bring in your life what's happening right now in your life you are being justified for how much money? zero freely you are being justified for you see I have, by the grace of God, had opportunity to fly in an airplane. That's not supposed to be an achievement, by the way. It's a means of transport. It's it's the same as walking. It's just a means of getting from one place to another. Yeah. So, when you're in an airplane, just because you're in an airplane doesn't mean that gravity has stopped working. No. Gravity is working on you while you're seated there in uh, seat number what? <laughs> there is no seat called A. <laughs> A4, A2. Ha! Deep waters. Huh? S68. Anyway, so <laughs> those numbers mean something. It depends. But when you are there in your seat number A2, don't think that gravity is not working. It's working. It is as at work as much as it was when you were on the ground. But the reason you're flying is that upthrust or the law of upthrust or lift depending on where you're listening to us from, is working constantly against the law of gravity and cancelling it out. That's why you are up there in the airplane sipping on, on, on whatever it is they are serving you and ordering interesting things. And please mind you, uh, you don't have to pay for... The, don't, when they come and say, what will you have? Uh, fish or chicken? Don't say, uh, no, nothing. Uh, no, nothing, nothing. And they say, okay. They will think, you know. Then, then when you're getting out, your friends ask you, what did, what did you eat? Nothing. Why? why? I didn't have the money. <laughs> no, it's on the ticket. It's on the ticket. Anyway. That's the problem with some Christians. They don't know that. They think that in Jesus, it's only sins that have been taken care of. They don't know everything else is on the ticket. Yeah. The healing is on the ticket. The prosperity is on the ticket. The wisdom is on the ticket. The peace is on the ticket. The joy is on the ticket. The lovely marriage is on the ticket. Come on, people. 
being justified freely in first class or business class or economic class, wherever you want. It's on the tickets. And this ticket, Jesus paid it all. Oh, to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed. Amen. You people, God loves us. He knew that we would carry this thing called shame. What? Accusations. You know, sometimes people are well-meaning. They are well-meaning. They know you've been married two years. And they see you don't have babies yet. So they, they are well-meaning in their asking. They don't know you've been trying. You've been to Dr. Claus clinic. You're trying. There's nothing as intensely frustrating. I think to a young couple as being asked about children when they've been trying. Then shame comes. Other oh, people look at you, they assess you, they think you are wonderful, lovely. Why, why, why aren't you married yet? They start asking questions. And you know when we ask, we are well meaning. Yeah. yeah, because we want it for you, but we don't know that maybe you've just gone through two heartbreaks of boys who are not serious. They just chip chicken, chip chicken, chicken, chip chicken, chip chicken, chip chicken, chip chicken, cinema, chip chicken, chip cinema, but no ring. Dating is not meant to be a way of life. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's supposed to lead to something else. So, guys, let's stop. Pop the question. Yeah. Swallow the pin. To go like this. Don't worry. It won't turn. When I got married, that's how I, I perceived it. I came up with my own philosophy of what I was doing. I was like, I'm swallowing a pin, and it had better go like this. And not turn in the esophagus and get stuck and you fail to. Uh, but man, it actually nearly failed to get there. <laughs> For three years, it was like going like this. Like, what did I get myself into? And then in the third year. Grace came. Yeah. All this, by the way, we are talking about righteous, righteousness. Who are the righteous? It's you who are in Christ Jesus. It's on the ticket. Amen. It's on the ticket. You're being justified freely. All that shame the devil tries to throw at you. Why does this look like this? Being justified freely. Through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Amen. So he says, the righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a seed lamb. Give me the, those palm trees. Uh, palm, I had, no, that's the cedar. Now the palm, aha. You see? That's the righteous. They're tall, eh? Yeah. Palm trees can grow in sandy soils. Those are the worst soils to grow anything. They can grow in sandy soils. They still what? Flourish. They still flourish. And, and the other thing about palm trees, anyway, uh, you, you, you get the point. Eh? You, 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 you were designed to flourish. God didn't make you for frustration. No. God made you to explore the skies and to, to just <sighs> think about a palm tree. Yeah? It's different from Lantana Camara. Yeah. For those who did uh, agriculture in school, they say the lantern, the shall flourish like lantana kamara. Yeah. The basoga call it kapanga. 
Now I don't know what the other languages call it. People are consulting. They shall flourish like a palm tree. Give me the other palm tree picture. Uh-huh. What's happening here? Storms have come. Storms have come. Palm trees have a resilience that is in, impossible to explain. Because of their cellular structure, when, when the storms come, they just what? They, 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 they are flexible. This year had some time for flexibility, right? Yeah. And the writers have flourished through this year, by the way. Because the wind came, the storms blew, they just... Flexibility. While the other trees are standing straight, down. Yeah. Hardening their necks. The palm trees, they just what? They go with the wind. They go with the wind. And when, when, when the storm is over, bring me the other picture. The, the previous one. When the storm is over, they come back and you find them in December and you're like, did you also go through COVID? Did you also go through lockdown? The righteous have a resilience. No. It's not that because you're a palm tree, the wind won't blow where you are. No, it will blow. Jesus said, in this world, you'll have many troubles. And said, but be, rejoice and be exceedingly glad. Because when they come, and when the wind storms after the rain sun will shine again after the you will smile again make it through the storm by his mercy and his love, just believe you will smile again. Amen. I was reading this morning Pastor Solomon's post on her Facebook. I mean, look at Solomon and Tairo. It's impossible to believe her dad passed this year. It was this year. But the girl has flourished, she has grown. Yeah. That's what I t- I'm talking about. Amen. They're like palm trees. They're like cedars in Lebanon. These palm trees, by the way, they live like a hundred years. Yeah, hundred years. Cedars. Give me the cedar. The cedars. Of, have you ever always read in the Bible? Cedars of Lebanon. Cedars. Today I was curious. I was like, this cedars of Lebanon thing. What do they look like? Behold. Every every day, they are huge. They are tall. They they are interesting. Let me even share with you something here. I I read. Uh, so they can be up to 40 meters tall. Yeah. 40 meters tall in, uh, in height. And the trunk can be up to 2.5 meters in diameter. The trunk. That's, like, that's the, the, the wooden thing. Eh? If they are 40 meters tall and they are all wide like that, how wide do you think they are? And then it's amazing what God has done in, in his creation. But I want to show you this particular one because I, there is another one which go, grows taller. Whether with the palm trees, there are more than 2,600 species of palm trees. So don't think that in your compound is the only one that exists. 
cedars. Where are my cedars? Anyway, so some of the cedars, they go taller than the 40 meters. They go really tall and big. Now, that's the, the, those are the righteous. Amen. Take me back to the verse as I finish. So I really labor to explain to you that you are the person God is talking about. <laughs> that if you are in Christ Jesus, you don't need any further qualification, but you are the person we are talking about. And God's mind for you, God's design for you is to flourish. Regardless of the situation. That even when the storms come, you will get out of it. Next verse says, those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. So those righteous people who are planted, because planted means you know Jesus first. You see, parking, sleeping in the garage won't make you a car. So just going to church won't make you a believer. So, not only should you be planted, but you should first be the righteous. So, you start with Jesus, and after Jesus, community. Which community am I? A part of. It works together. This whole idea of lone rangers in the faith doesn't exist. It's not there. In fact, to quote the good Bishop Doug Howard Mills, sheep flock together. Sheep flock together. And that's why there is a, a phrase, wandering sheep or lost sheep. Why, what does that mean? Because when you find a sheep by itself, you must immediately suspect there is a problem because sheep flock together. They don't go by themselves. Yeah. So there's always a flock of sheep. That's why we are his flock. Jesus expects us to stick together in the house of the Lord. Not necessarily to sleep here, but to be a part of the body. Amen? Now, and, and then he says, snakes, on the other hand, they don't flock together. Yeah. Yeah. They operate independently. Snakes thrive in isolation. Yeah. That's why when you find one snake, you don't immediately go, where are the rest? No, 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 no. There's, you've never heard of a wandering snake or about the lost snake or about what? No, no, no. When you find a snake alone, it's alone. Don't worry about others being present with it. Kill it and move on. Yeah. When you find sheep, you, should, you know they should be with others. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord, you shall flourish in the we are finishing strong make it your decision as you finish this year that in 2021 you will be more planted amen yeah, be planted be planted in the house we have a couple of trees in our compound every every day when i wake up i do not have any expectation whatsoever of finding them having moved even for one meter because that's going to be very problematic if you wake up and the other tree is in the other corner the other one has moved to the neighbors <laughs> that's not being planted yeah planted gives a sense of permanence and and uh, let me finish those are, uh, uh, they, they shall next verse verse 14 they shall still bear fruit in old age they shall be fresh and flourishing. Now, now, I'm real finishing. But I can't finish without telling you about the house of the Lord. Do you want to hear about the house of the Lord? Because you are planted in the house of the Lord. That's what the Bible says. But what is that? What's this house of the Lord thing? Give me Timothy. First Timothy 3.14 says, These things I write to you, though I hope to come to you shortly, but if I'm delayed, I write so that together you may know how you ought to conduct yourself in the house of God, uh -huh, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. 
The house of God is the church. The church is not a building. The church is a body of believers. So when we talk about being planted in the house of the Lord, please don't bring your mattress to Nalia and say, me, I understood it this way. No, you misunderstood it. It means be part of the body. Join a missional community. Become committed. Find out the other people. How are they doing? Participate in other people's lives. When people lose their loved ones, show up. Because when you lose your loved ones, we are going to show up. Amen. Yeah. People don't like to talk about that stuff, but it happens. And that's when church is significant. Amen. Now, he says that the house of God is the what? The church of the living God. Amen. Now, I'm going to show you another one. This, this is going to bless your mind. No, not just your mind. Your whole person. Give me that Genesis verse. Genesis 28, 16. Uh-huh. Together. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place and I did not know it. And he was afraid and said, How awesome is this place. This is none other than the house of God and this is the gate of heaven. The house of God is a gate of heaven. Pastor Angela, please come and Pastor Jeremy with thy mics. The house of God is the gate of heaven. Someone should help me with this thing. The house of God is the gate of heaven. This is amazing to, to think about it. Yeah? Yeah. So, come, Angie. Stand here, Jeremy. Okay. The, okay. That question might not be relevant for some people. But have you ever gone through a gate? Because I was going to ask, does your house have a gate? Then I realized uh, that's subjective. But you have gone through a gate. When I say gate, you understand. It's a threshold between two worlds. Okay? So let's say she's a gate. Hmm? And let's say that is heaven. You see, when you find a gate, just know that the, the, the dominion on the different sides of that gate is, is different. Yeah. If you come and stand outside my gate in Chitukto, you can even sit there and start eating maize. I would just have to beg you socially to stop disturbing and move away. But you are not on my territory. I don't have dominion outside the gate. I don't have authority outside the gate. Now, it's a small line like this. If you bring your criteria from there, like you got a little bit like this, we break you. Yeah. yeah. Because you are now trespassing. Yeah, you are on my territory. That's the significance of gates. They are dividing places between territories and authorities and dominions. Am I making sense? So that's one. Two, there are also entry places between territories and dominions. So if I am earth and he is heaven, there is a gate. There is a gate. The gate is called the house of God. The gate is called the church. The threshold between heaven and earth is the church. Do you get what I'm saying? In other words, when heaven needs to deliver something to us, whether that's Kawunga during lockdown, whether that, some of you, did you get Kawunga from worship service? Now, it's not the time to deny you got it, even eggs. <laughs> whether that is peace, in your marriage whether that is wisdom for raising your children 
whether that is an understanding of finances that makes sure that the next generation will not be begging. The gate is the church. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. God sends his stuff to earth through the church. I don't drive out of my compound using a different route every day, breaking the walls. No, it's the same aperture I drive through every day, every day, every day. That's why you must join a mission committee and go to mission of frontier so that at the mission of frontier you are playing your role as the gate of heaven, delivering what heaven has to earth. out of time. Here's the other thing you do. You invite those of us, it's called evangelism, that by the way, you can have a taste of heaven by accepting Jesus. I can hear the sound of a new generation. Thank you for listening to this teaching. We hope that you've been blessed by the Worship Harvest Sermon Series. For more teachings and other resources, visit www.worshipharvest.org or call 0393-281-555. That is 0393-281-555.